Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Out of the gates and ready to go. Hot bite with Hunter Withrow underway. The Friday edition is here. Chad, we're live at outkick.com. Frank Isola is going to join us later this hour. Trey Wallace coming up in the show today. Let's get to the weekend, man. Hutton, it's a great day to have a great day. It's a good day to have a good show also. Bad. And that's the attitude we bring every day to the that's show. Right. And excited for this one also. And every day on the show, we're going to talk some ball. Football. I like how we both went with sort of earth tones today with our what are outfit. The odds? And it's amazing how we have lined up so perfectly that we don't discuss wardrobe. And yeah. our minds automatically. Here we are. Mind meld, mind meld, <laughs> mind meld. They form the same conclusion of a similar outfit every time. Well done. Well done. And well done by uh, the NFL, who, uh, no surprise, has crushed it yet again. The NFL is dominating live television. It is DVR-proof, football. Live TV is football, and football is live TV. <laughs> and we have a graphic to show you to illustrate this point. This is the top 100 most-watched television broadcast in the U.S. for 2023. <clears throat> the visualization here will show it, but uh, for those that you know, are uh, sight impaired right now, I'll go ahead and tell you. It's all football. It's all football outside of one political program, outside of the Academy Awards, and outside of the Super Bowl lead-out show. That's it. Oh, sorry, you also had the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade also on this list. So what does this tell you? It tells you that football is evergreen. You can talk football any time of year and be just fine. Hud and I started this show way back in 2011. We were fill-in hosts at the time. We weren't promised a damn thing. We weren't promised jobs. We were promised nothing. And our boss at the time had the audacity (laughs) to challenge us about something we were talking about on the air, and we were fearful for a paycheck at the time, and we told the boss, who we're now great friends with and respect the hell out of that boss, and he was one of the best bosses we ever had. For sure. We told him, uh, don't do that right now. If you want to offer us a contract, then you can yell at us to that extent about our content, but we're not here to play that game because as we see it right now, we are giving you, doing you a favor by doing something above our job by filling in because you don't have a show in this spot. But even young Hutton and Withrow... <laughs> Way back when, 2010, 2011, whenever this was, you know what we knew? We knew that football mattered. And we made a vow that day. We didn't get married that day, not that type of vow. We made a vow that we would talk about football every single damn day on the show. And that you can never go wrong talking football. And all that's happened from 2011 to now has the numbers have lined up with that idea. That it is never wrong to talk football. And now we've seen this morph over the years. And the media industry changes all the time. Going back with that evergreen theme of what matters all the time and us knowing what matters all the time. Football matters all the time. Let's show that graphic one more time so all the people can see. Look at all the footballs up there. See all those footballs? 
all the ratings, all of what people watch. They didn't watch, uh, I don't see a documentary about trans people trying to play women's sports on there. I don't see uh, a Real Housewives season on there. What I see is that people, when they turn on their television, they watch live sports. Specifically, they watch football. They want to know about football. They want to be interested in football. They want to be provoked about football. We're going to do all those things right here and continue to do them. And this is justification as to why you should do that and why any media company should do that. I saw Clay Travis, our fearless leader, our president, post this out there. And I had to get this graphic and pull it for the show today to show the people that not only is football dominating television, it is television, everyone. Live TV is football. Football is live TV. If you want TV of 15, 20 years ago, go to Netflix. That is the media industry right now summed up. It's not political programming. It's not reality shows. It's not fake clickbait BS that we talk about on this show. It's football if you go to your television to watch something live. And if not, if you want the old school television that we grew up with, that most of America grew up with, that... Hell, we were consuming 15 years ago when The Office was coming on. That is now on Netflix. Netflix is winning the streaming battle, and everyone is going to Netflix for old-school television. New-school television is football. Football is live TV, and Hutton, it's what we're going to talk about every single day on the show. It's not all we're going to talk about, but that was a show mantra from the beginning, and we knew then, and we can still claim we know now, and we've been wrong about a hell of a lot of stuff, But I know I'm not wrong on this. Football matters. Football will continue to matter. Football will continue to be discussed on this show. And football is, wait for it, evergreen. It is forever. Regardless of what Mark Cuban wants to say about the hog getting fat before the slaughter, that football just keeps getting fatter and fatter and fatter. It continues to feast at the Golden Corral Buffet. And we keep watching and loving it. And television is now football. And Hutton, that's what we're going to talk about on this show. Chad, you said it all, uh, except for you mentioned Show's Netflix. Over. You mentioned right, Netflix. I think, I think Netflix, Netflix is going to. What is Netflix going to do next? Football. Yes. The well, they already do football. football. They no. have they have quarterback. No, no. I'm saying the college football yeah, playoff bring it is there. going to change the game for the the collegiate landscape. The way we've seen the NFL model work on all the well, other networks now. Amazon. Let's, ratings up 27 percent on Thursday night yeah. football. Uh, they're averaging 12 million viewers up from 9 million viewers from last season. And whenever you think about the subscribers and the, the, the quality of the game, the quality of the game overall is not great. It's a really bad offense. Awful offensive line play. Terrible quarterback. Look, look at the quarterbacks who are currently playing in Week 18. But yet, well, we as consumers and fans I, possibly watch. I want to hit on what you're, you're hitting out there with Netflix and what they're going to do. I don't know that they're going to have to get into live Well, they're already testing it, aren't they not, with the golf? Yeah, but let me, let, me, let me follow up with that. Netflix is doing so well right now. They don't need to move into that. They can let broadcast television sure. or Prime or Apple TV, they can let them have some live sports. And people are always going to go to networks for sports and watch on, on yeah, you know, old school TV. I think Netflix has been so good at becoming. I think the famous quote was when they started, we're going to become HBO and better than HBO before they figure out they need to become us. And what Netflix actually did in that was they became television. 
Well, but right, they became television. Amazon's- what we defined television as before, they they became. So yeah, I mean they could they could continue to do well by getting live sports on there. I, I'm just saying the only the only reason people tune in live at night or on the weekend for something, and we know this, the numbers back it up, yep. it's to watch a live well, sporting event, and that's really it now. And, and keep in mind, I'm not saying for the full season. I'm talking the rights to the college football playoff games, some of them. There'll be a, there'll, there will be – Amazon's paying a billion dollars just for the Black Friday game. They've upped their, 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 their piece of the pie even more, even when the ratings were down last year compared to what Fox had the previous year before they opted out of the final season, and Amazon picked up Thursday Night Football. But also, like, if you start to look around, NBA is going, and they're looking at Turner and I believe HBO Max as part of a solution as to what they can do at the next level. I think Netflix is primed to be a part of the bidding war, and they're the one, and Amazon, any of these networks have the money, but they're the one that has the, 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 the inventory, the space to just own what is going to be a massive contract whenever the deal is up, not next year, not the next year after that. The 12 team playoff is going to be selfishly, a huge moneymaker. And I, yeah. And I, maybe it's not, maybe it's just one or two games. No, but, that but will let me, be a hit. let me say this about Netflix, just selfishly uh, on Netflix. I don't think they need to do that. It's going to be very costly and expensive for them because they're doing so well. I do think, like you said, Max or, you know, Paramount Plus, which already that's partners it. with CBS yeah, and puts right. all their stuff there. Uh, Prime Video is a good example. I think Apple is going to get in that game and they, they need to. I don't think Netflix needs that. I like to compartmentalize things also. Netflix is in such a different box that when I go there, I know I'm about to binge something. Or even with their sports department, uh, Beckham is what I'm watching right now. I'm halfway through. I love it. I love their sports documentaries, Untold. We talked about that with Swamp Kings. Um, They do a lot of great things. If you want to go watch The Last Dance, it lives on Netflix right now. They have the rights to it. You can go watch all 10 episodes of that on Netflix. So from a sports full swing I mean, we, the list goes on and on of things that we like that's at Netflix. Keep in mind, though. I like those sports documentary pieces to it. I don't really want them to get into live sports for the reasons I just laid out. I like watching my sports on television, and I, I hope it stays there. That's, that's the reason television right now is making money. Now, it costs a lot of money, too. And if you want to make money, you got to spend some money. But that's why people are going well, to TV. So I want to know, though, like the, from the business concept of what they want to do, where we're headed with where, what could be the landscape of college sports for football. You have the branch of the haves and the have-nots, right? The super conference. If you're going to own the next major league that's not the NFL, it's that. It's the super conference. And the money isn't going to be on the linear television. That, those contracts are locked up. Billions upon billions. The bidding war is going to be real, but it's going to be the streaming services. And if you have the, I think, the foresight to look ahead down the road and you know that there's going to be the, these, these programs, conferences, whatever, that do their own thing, that is by far a great business decision if you're going to be a part of the broadcast of said super conference. Again, I don't know if it's just automatic they're in, but if they know where they're headed and they can own that, that's a massive, massive win for anyone. It could be you know YouTube. YouTube could get in this too, Chad. But it's uh, I, I just think it. Who's not spending the billions? And if you are, where are you going to take it? You're going to take it to college. 
and it's going yeah, to be the, the next version of the NFL model. It's going to be fascinating to see where that college football super conference lands, and I think where it should land is everywhere. Uh, the NFL, the reason, yeah, and partially I, the reason the NFL will. is they go everywhere. So they're getting promotion and endorsement from everyone, and it's important. Even if you lose money on the NFL with how expensive it is to get the rights to it, or you're breaking even, it's so important for every other bit of programming on that network or on that streamer to have the NFL as something that is serves as that can rise the tide, yeah, and that can raise all the boats within your media organization. So that remains very important for all of these networks. Chad, if we uh, if we were about to watch Alabama and Texas, we would be promoting uh, just a, uh, the fans of college football. This would be SEC against SEC. Am I wrong? Yeah. I think it would be. It would be built up as SEC against SEC. And it, you would hear the chants. We are getting that version of the Big Ten on Monday night with Michigan and Washington. And I, I just think it's the, uh, it's the overlooked factor here of what the Big Ten has just done year after year after year with the college football playoff. All the year, last year, Ohio State and Michigan, they're in. They could have two teams meet for the national championship. They want to get two teams in the playoff. You've got the opportunity two of four. Now they've got the current number one team, and they have the, the top candidate to take over the Big Ten based on what they're doing right now in Washington. Of course, Oregon's there too. USC, UCLA. This has been a crazy year for the Big Ten and new commissioner Tony Petiti. But I think that no matter what happens, even if Michigan wins, they leave Houston as a big winner overall as a conference. Let's think about what's happened. You had the sign-stealing scandal. Who stepped up and actually did something, even if it wasn't enough? The Big Ten. And you had all of the craziness with Northwestern. And you can go through the, the, the list of Minnesota. But at the end of it, the Big Ten, no matter who wins, is going to be champion because the Pac-12 ends and the new era is underway. That is a massive factor as we move forward where it is Big Ten against the SEC. Big 12 has survived. They've done great. ACC is just trying to figure out what to do with Florida State. But the Big Ten continues to make strides and you could potentially have a national champion that immediately the next game they'll kick off will be in your conference and you're adding others that set up a, a massive uh, uh, viewership whenever they matched up between Washington and Oregon and what settled the reason why Washington is where they are, despite being the underdog. I think it's a great thing to point to, even if you had all of the craziness over the last 12 months. And really, it's been packed into about eight, eight months. And Tony Petiti, while he had to hand the trophy to Jim Harbaugh in the Big Ten championship game, he'll watch... The NCAA, the, the, the college football playoff, do it. And they're going to host the hoist trophy, too, as a conference. It's not going to be the SEC. And that would have been the storyline had Texas faced Alabama again. You know, Big Ten, Big Ten is a chant. just doesn't roll off the tongue like SEC, SEC. No. But this would be a good time for Big Ten fans to chant that for this national championship game. And take it in because I, I don't think, you know, you're going to be in many situations where there's not at least one team 
from the SEC playing for a yeah. national title. It hasn't happened in six years. Uh, 2018 was the last time, and that was Clemson winning the national title. We're going to have our first national champion. I think they beat Alabama that year also. So yeah. there was a team in that game. So to, right. to ice the SEC out of the game and to get Big Ten versus future Big Ten team is, is pretty impressive. And there's some heavy hitters coming into that, the Big Ten next year. When you look at where Washington is as a program, you know USC and Lincoln Riley is going to put up some points and get some good players and have some Heisman Trophy candidates or winners at quarterback. Oregon's in a great spot with Dan Lanning. Yes. Chip Kelly finished the season strong at UCLA and is a name as a coach. They're, they're in great shape. And I, I, I look it. around the landscape, and while I think what's there with the Big 12 is okay, uh, the ACC can't feel good about that. Their premier no. football program is doing everything they can to legally get out of the conference and not have to pay a penalty to Jack, leave. Their version of Washington couldn't get in the 14 playoffs. It's just it's a matter of time where if you are a member of Big Ten or SEC right now, you feel good. If you're anywhere else, it's a slippery slope, and you don't feel like you're on firm footing. Yeah, it's like uh, watching you know the person that isn't used to walking on ice or in bad conditions, walk across the Walmart parking lot. Like us. <laughs> exactly. It's like me walking across an icy Walmart parking lot. Uh, that's Wake Forest right now. You know, that's everyone. Yeah. That's, of course, Washington State and Oregon State we know about. They're left without a home. But that's everyone else. I, I would throw the Big 12 in there also. Uh, you cannot feel great unless you are in the Big 10 or the SEC because when this musical chairs game is – Done and the song stops. It's going to be those teams and whoever they decide to hand a chair to, they're going to be the only ones left sitting. Everyone else is going to be out in the wild. And I, I, I will feel great for the Pac-12 and the, the the longtime supporters, right? You have Washington win it. All good. But there will be a victory lap. I just don't know if it will be heard as, as loud as what ESPN would have made this if it were Texas. Yeah, Especially just I, given the storyline and the rematch. I also think that um, this is a matchup that sets itself up for good versus evil. If, if it was Michigan and they had won another national title recently and the last one they won wasn't 1997 yeah. where they shared it with, with Nebraska, if they were some big you know empire that had won two or three national titles recently, I think they'd be more of a villain right now. Similar to Fallout from Spygate. Uh, with New England, where everybody hated them because they were winning Super Bowls right. at the time of that also. Michigan hasn't won it all yet, so it's tough to hate them to that level. But there's nothing to not like about Washington and this team and their stories and the way they play and what Michael Penix Jr. overcame. Kalen DeBoer is a bootstraps, ground-up guy that yeah, came from legit. nothing, that doesn't have some blue blood pedigree, <laughs> wasn't some NFL player. That's right. It's a terrific story. I, I'm rooting for Washington for that very reason. And I think that the fact that announcers and everyone on television or shows like this can come on and say, well, Michigan, most wins in college football history, but hasn't won it in 27 years or whatever the number is now since 97, I think you can play that up a little bit and make them a little bit less of a villain. But I think it's pretty clear good versus bad in this game. And it is Washington good. Michigan bad. If you want to paint things in simple terms, and we love to do that, we love pro wrestling because it's easy to see the hero and the villain. I think Washington's the hero and Michigan is the villain. And that's nothing against those players. I'm just boiling this thing yeah. down to the basics right now with Connor Stallions, 
uh, him seemingly mocking everyone that has a problem with it by sitting in great seats at the Rose Bowl. Jim Harbaugh is going to bolt for the NFL more than likely. Our guy Tim Brando said that yesterday with Dan Dockich. I'm, I'm all in on Washington in this story, same, and I hope they win. Same, same. But here's just – I'm with you. I think Harbaugh's going to the NFL. One thing I do want to mention, Hutton, because I didn't yeah. get a chance to talk to you about anything from the weekend. Yeah, yeah. Getting Hit here it. a day late. That J.J. McCarthy play on the trick play where he catches the ball and throws it and gets popped and yeah. just puts it on the money – we're not talking about that play enough. That's one of the That's more a, impressive athletic feats I've seen on a football field. We see the great catches all the time that have become routine. Yep. Uh, the old Miss tight end, I feel like, made seven one-handed stabs over the course of the game against Penn State, and it was just routine for him. See the portal? That's almost getting old, right? <laughs> the Odell Beckham Jr. plays, we see that all the time. It's not often you see a quarterback yep. catch a ball with that athleticism, and as he's spinning and falling to the ground, throw a dime while getting hit on a play, that was impressive to watch. Well, the momentum swing as well for the fourth and two. The moment, Oh, huge. They had, what, 56 yards of total offense or yeah, something. Yeah, and it was just point. simply they leaped Blake Corum out of the backfield. No one picked him up. That the, the way that Michigan picked up the game after that play compared to what they were doing before – I don't know if I've seen a momentum swing like that on one play it, and one fourth and, and two. And it was either the ne- maybe the next play or two plays later, but that they, was the deflected yes. ball that went a little higher yes. and looked like it may get picked and was a miraculous catch. And how did that ball keep a spiral? I don't know. You're throwing it you pretty hard. The, well, yeah. yeah. I mean, you got to hit it. Like we, we should get a physics uh, professor on to tell us how that's possible. But you got to yeah. hit it with your glove at just the right spot and just the right revolution of the ball. It's like spinning a basketball. In order you, to keep it going yeah. as a spiral yeah. and just go a little bit higher than it was before. Yeah. I mean, just there were just small you know, notes like that that were – you catch yourself like, how did that just happen? Or, was, or, or what did we just see with the fourth and two and the – the ability to make the call, but also pick up the momentum from that spot. It, it was a solid game. It's I not, remember watching not, the J.J. A, McCarthy play live, though, and, and you didn't yeah. even need to see the replay. I'm thinking, how in the world yeah, no. did he get that, not just get it off, but the throw that he made, and it was not wide open. He had to throw it to a guy who was covered. It wasn't yeah. one of these trick plays where someone's streaking wide open down the field. He had to throw it into coverage while catching and throwing it pretty much the same time. Is there something to be said as well, Chad, about – I don't know how to – that was, that was not a clean game, right? But I, I really enjoyed it. It wasn't like this 50 it – wasn't, it wasn't last year's college football playoff. No. But I really enjoyed that game just based on the storylines of Saban and, it was, and Harbaugh. It was and, great. And the and gamesmanship. It, yeah, and the overtime part of it. Yeah. I was thinking um, – I know they have a lot of lag time between the games, but I'm thinking if this thing goes into four overtimes – well, yeah. Will they back up the kickoff? I think they would. Or are they going to, like, put it on, you know, ABC – or something no, in, in think, the meantime? I think they would back it up. College basketball season. If you're college basketball fans out there, know this. All of a sudden, the well, lights would go out at the Superdome. ESPN has so many rights to college basketball yeah. games. And on a Saturday, go ahead and plan on your game starting on ESPN News if you want to watch your game. Because they, you know what I'm talking about, they yeah. line them up exactly two hours apart. Yep. So it's always going to be, you're going to have the last TV the timeout bottom, with the fouls. Bottom, yeah, the bottom line. And they're going to show the score of the game, and then you're going to have to go somewhere else to watch Broadcast it. Broadcast alert. So for someone who likes to record my team's games in college basketball and start them late, I'm usually catching the action at the under-16 timeout. Is usually when the game starts on television. I, you don't I, want to do that with a national championship game. Or the, no, you don't. The college football playoff was my point. I, I bet you, uh, you, you hold them in the tunnel, so to speak. Not... You just keep them in the locker room until a certain amount of time 
uh, has uh, surpassed after the game. As yeah, soon as the I, clock hits. I think it'd be hilarious, though, just people have their phones out if they make an announcement in the stadium. Due to the Michigan-Alabama <laughs> game on, going hopefully. to a fifth overtime, we yeah. will hold up kickoff for this game that is already starting at 9.15 Eastern time. Was halftime an And hour? we will hold it up until 10 p.m. if we must. Well, I mean, that, that, that went... I'd be pissed if I were the players or the people in the stadium, if that was the that case. Was They're late, holding it up for TV. But that, that game went late, too. Oh, oh very late. Uh, and the halftime, how long was halftime? I, I saw it too, too long. Again, and some of these bowl games, I know we're going to oh, get into what yeah. Kirk had to say. Yeah. It's not the bowl games that need to go, but uh, I like Gavin DeGraw. But Gavin DeGraw playing halftime of the Citrus Bowl needs to go. And extending a Citrus Bowl halftime yes. for eternity, th- that's what needs to go. Th- th- there's some good pageantry, the Pop-Tarts logo, the Cheez-It logo. We love stuff like that. I, I don't need some A-minus list from 2003 pop singer playing at halftime, holding up the start of the second half to that but extent. That, I mean, it's more about the TV show that. And no one's going to the stadium to watch that. But they you know? do it just, I mean, yeah, they, go, they go back and show it on TV. It's just, it, th- that part of it's odd to me. Yeah, and, and I mean, there are, there are far too many bowl games. But it's not like I'm, you know, I hate the fact that you have options to watch football. No, so, no, I, I, I love um, it. I, I, don't, I hope they don't go away. I mean, is there a way to have a better system? For it to happen, uh, maybe. I saw our guy Barrett Salee pose this idea of kind of a football NIT tournament where you take the second 12 in the top 25 and they could play their own tournament. Okay. And that would lead to a lot of interest. Put it on campus. Yeah. I don't know that you're wanting to uh, play that many more games. You'd have a lot of opt-outs. Well, that's uh, (laughs) it was always – it becomes a safety issue, right, for student-athletes. I mean, the more games you add, uh, I don't know that you're going to want to play that many more games in football for yeah. the NIT of football. But look, it's interesting. I, I don't, well, I don't squash any idea. Let's let's throw out ideas to make it better instead of just saying, let's just get rid of it. Well, if it's going to bring more revenue to the the, the universities, that's great. Well, I'd be curious to know yeah, what uh, what Kirk Herbstreit's employer thinks about him wanting to do away with bowl games. Seems to be a pretty big source of revenue for them. Yeah, I mean, by they, and large. they built a whole two weeks around them having every bowl game but on ESPN. But here's the thing, though: um, is that important enough, or, or it, can ESPN factor into the timetable of the portal and all the opt-outs? Because Herbstreit's right about the quality of those games. Yeah, that's I think that's the heart of the issue. Is we go through the entire season, and you get to December and January, and you get this product. It's a lot like. Looking at the you know third string quarterbacks right now in the league, it's just a it's just not the same value for what it was. Yeah, and, I, I and think it's how you treat it. It's just it. out of control. We also saw different programs handle it totally different. I'll give Maryland as an example. Okay, Talia Tungavailoa announced today or yesterday that he's going to enter yeah. the transfer portal. He opted out of that game. I think he's been dealing with some injuries too. Yes. But their backup quarterback comes in there and lights up Auburn's defense, which was one of the better defenses in the SEC for a big chunk of the season. So I, I think it's how you and, – and clearly Auburn didn't care in that game from what I saw. I don't think they put a lot of effort into prepping. Hugh Freeze is even saying we put about a week and a half worth of work into that prep because we're worried about transfer portal and signing day and everything else. Now, I'm not going to sit here and cry crocodile tears – for Hugh Freeze and what he's making or anyone else, because there are plenty of examples of coaches who could get their team ready to play a football game 
while also balancing transfer portal and signing day and everything else, I really think it's all about the approach. And I just think the more we we hammer home, yeah. these games don't matter, these games don't matter, no one cares. Uh, every bit of media is so accessible now to kids playing the game that the more they hear that from everyone, they believe it, they don't care. Preparation is not good. Guys, More guys opt out, even guys that probably shouldn't opt out because they don't have much of a pro future. And then you're left with what Kirk Herbstreit describes as this bad product. I don't disagree with him. I saw a number of games that were absolutely bad products because yeah. of either opt-outs or a lack of care or preparation for the game. you got to figure out a way to clean that up. Uh, how about this from Awful Announcing? You ready for this? With a quote from, I can't uh, wait. from Pat McAfee. I love a good Awful Announcing story. They're quoting the show. Of course, Pat McAfee show. Quote, there are folks actively trying to sabotage us from within ESPN. More specifically, I believe Norby Williamson is the guy attempting to sabotage our program. And there's a link to the video clip here that we were saying. I mean, how about that? That was from Pat McAfee, too. That's Yes, Pat McAfee's quote on his show, on Pat McAfee Show Live. And this is on ESPN. I saw I mean, that's, a... Uh, so he's saying Norby Williamson... Yes. Who's trying to, what is Nor, is Norby Williamson? He's uh, is it, did he leave he's ESPN? He's like the uh, head of event and studio production, I think, for ESPN. Um, How about that? <laughs> I mean, that's the only quote right now. I want to, maybe we could pull this and play this. I mean, yeah, we can play video. Let's get this on. So we can, we'll just credit Pat McAfee and play it like we should. Um, I want to hear what he has to say. Yeah, I'd, I'd, we, we definitely need to play that at some point in the show. I'd love to know also. I got a response on X from someone who had this, to me, was a crazy conspiracy theory about Aaron Rodgers and Jimmy Kimmel and the beef. Okay. And he was claiming that this is funny that McAfee says this because it actually gives this guy's conspiracy theory some credence. He said that he believes someone told Aaron Rodgers that it would be funny to say that about Jimmy Kimmel, yeah. knowing Jimmy Kimmel would get mad all in an effort to sabotage Aaron Rodgers from within and get him off the air because they're mad at him for being anti-vax. And I'm thinking, well, it's all, it's so all ESPN based would on do a... that and they would anger another top talent within their same company in order to just hope to get Aaron Rodgers out. And if Aaron Rodgers was told by someone at ESPN, wouldn't Aaron Rodgers be the first to tell people they told me to say that joke because he thought it was funny? I feel like Aaron Rodgers will say whatever he wants yeah. and would probably say that. Also, is Aaron Rodgers the one to take advice on what exactly to say at any point? No. I don't buy that theory, but the fact that Pat Nor McAfee is saying this is yeah, crazy. So that, this is all stemming from that, that, uh, that hit with, uh, with Rodgers then. Because you, he's not going to say this. He's, he's saying that they're, they're messing with his ratings and giving out false information. Um, to me, it all stems back to that. And you have the... Uh, the tie-in with what's ESPN going to do because they sit around and wait on Disney and ABC to react to what Rogers is going to do. Does and ESPN get a million dollars? Does ESPN control his YouTube page now? Also, no. Or does because, he still have that? Well, no, because that's what AJ uh, Perez told us. He's like, yeah. Yeah, he'll just continue to air on YouTube. They're not going to, you know, take him down because they have Aaron Rodgers on. ESPN could do that, but they're not going to remove a show off of the Google YouTube platform. AJ Perez in front of us. Well, if more of this stuff that, starts uh, publicly being put he, out there, he can continue to. He's streaming the show live uh, on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. If, if more of this stuff starts to get out there, the more I believe that this partnership is not going to last 
too long that he'll just go back to his own YouTube thing at some point. Yeah, I mean, he's still got the... He's still on game day. Yeah, and YouTube's going to leave it... YouTube's going to leave him alone. That's uh, AJ believed that. Do you think ESPN would be, to me, would be it would be a and smart would. move, even if this partnership dissolved, to keep him on game day and keep him on those extra, you know, broadcast. Well, honestly, the McAfee I mean, cast of games. I, I would way, want though. that to continue, even if this didn't continue. Right, and and McAfee's going, you know, scorched here. So I, you know, I, I don't think this is all, you know, a big play. Uh, you want ratings to go up? He just did that. Yeah, we're going to be covering what ESPN's doing, right? Um, and ESPN's also getting the the boost from that through McAfee. So if you really want to boost buzz, you've got Aaron Rodgers and Jimmy Kimmel going head to head, and now you have Pat McAfee going head to head with ESPN, saying that they're they're actively sabotaging Norby Williams, actively sabotaging uh, his ratings. I, I mean. Yeah, is it a? And is, it's not YouTube doing it. Are we in the middle of a work? McAfee loves pro wrestling. Well, but, I mean, he loves, but it, we know that he comes from that world too. I hear yeah. some of this, and I'm thinking, is this like an Andy Kaufman bit? No, I think this is. About, or is he legitimately going after the head of programming at ESPN? I don't know if you make that a bit. I mean, I don't know if Williamson is uh, necessarily the. Uh, the CEO, whatever, playing the role of Vince McMahon. He'd have to have no a, chance in hell. He'd have to have a better sense of humors than than most CEOs no, I've met would have. Again, we should we should <laughs> to be, be able, able to do this. that, right? We need to be able to play this, um, just so we can get the context of it. Yeah, quite frankly, um, I think we can play it later in the show. Oh, we should play it now. Is what I'm saying. We should be actively getting this on the show. Um, I mean, we're being sent this link. Let's do it. All right. That's, I mean. Norby Williams is getting called out. Boys, cue it up. Yeah, let's let's get it going. <laughs> As uh, one of my favorite podcasts with David Spade always says, all right, let's roll a clip. Oh, no clip? Okay, there we'll are, keep going. There are folks actively trying to sabotage us from within ESPN. More specifically, I believe Norby Williamson is the guy attempting to sabotage our program. Going to the uh, leaking false information. That's what McAfee believes, apparently. Crazy. And by the way, Props to Pat McAfee for having the stones to do this because whenever he signed with ESPN, this is exactly what he said he would do. Yeah. And you've got, you've got a company sabotaging your numbers and your ratings. I mean, to me, that's uh, – and you've got uh, A.J. Hawk you know, smoking a cigar in the background of this too. I mean, again, ratings aren't going to uh, be bad for McAfee. No, I, I saw um, – it, it's it's – Interesting to me too because Clay put this out last night about Mark Cuban. How yep. you know he's disappointed in Mark Cuban. Here it is. He said I had a lot of hope for Cuban because he has fu money in the in the past was willing to be a unique thinker, a rebel owner even. But social media has gelded him. He doesn't make smart arguments and seems terrified of offending anyone. As he's aged, he's become a coward. I think I think you can say the same about uh, Howard Stern in a number of ways. Yeah, I, I don't think that. It oftentimes, FU money makes people more bold and courageous. I think Mark Cuban is like a lot of insanely wealthy people. They get more insanely wealthy, and they like it, and they like it some more, and they want some more, and they want to keep what they already have, and they become more cautious about what they say. I don't, I don't know many insanely wealthy people that are a 1,000% honest publicly with all of their thoughts at all times because why? Because they want to protect 
the insane amounts of money they already have. Those that are truly reckless and bold and courageous are the ones that don't know where their next paycheck is coming from. It's a great line from Vince Vaughn and the breakup about his friends that he could send to your house with no future. And then it'll make things real uncomfortable. Those are the people that don't care and will say whatever. I don't think it's the insanely wealthy with quote-unquote FU money that, that do that that often. So just There's to, not a lot of people I, I've seen that will do that. Yeah, think about the timetable here. So McAfee apologized on behalf of Rogers. He was saying that, oh, Rogers was, you know, tongue-in-cheek making a joke. Uh, kind of. He just said, well, I, I hate that we're well, a part Aaron of Rogers it. Rogers speak for it. Yeah, we don't want to be a part of it. And that's what he said. He's like, Aaron's going to have to come on here and he can say whatever he wants about right, it. Right. No, he's going to say, he's going to come on here and say this is what he said. Yeah. And he's laid it out there. Well, let Rogers come on and say that. But then uh, the uh, day after, maybe, you had the, uh, the headline, I believe it was the New York Post, with the uh, McAfee's not worth $85 million if he's going to produce these headaches for ESPN. I mean, that's exactly what he was hired to do. That was the whole storyline, quite frankly, was ESPN was moving into that lane. So if you want to stir up some drama, they've got it. And now it's more than just how they're going to react to Rodgers based on this. Who McAfee was apparently paying what a million, a, a million a year, yeah, to join a show. Looks like, and by the way, uh, uh, AJ Perez also said this with us yesterday. He said, "Hey, don't be surprised if ESPN pulls Aaron Rodgers from the show. That McAfee would continue to stream live on YouTube with Rodgers for that segment, and that ESPN would have to cut away to alternative programming." Because YouTube would have it live, and that's where the numbers would be going. Wow. AJ said that yesterday. That as a I can't wait. I know we're working on the clip, and uh, we can play it after a break. I can't wait to play this and find out exactly what was said. Because I, mean, I, I, I need to know the context and how McAfee is. I mean, this to me is a, 100%. We have it now? We'll go to it in just a moment. Okay. When we come back, uh, I want to... Again, we're going to play. The, I want to hear what McAfee has to say, and uh, we'll we'll dive into the the way this is. It doesn't look like he's. Uh, this isn't some bit, Chad. This is this is uh, spicy. It's gonna be good. It's up next on Hot Mike. Hot Mike with Hudson Withrow across the Outkick Network live at Outkick.com. On the watch page, you can join us daily right here on the site for all things Outkick content. Uh, speaking of fearless, uh, Pat McAfee's doing it. He just called one of his ESPN bosses, Norby Williamson, uh, a rat. That's uh, <laughs> a clay, clay to it. He's absolutely right. And from all the quotes that we went through live, Chad, now we get to hear it. Here it is. Anyways, we're very appreciative, and we understand that more people are watching this show than ever before. We're very thankful for the ESPN folks being very hospitable. Now, there are some people actively trying to sabotage us from within ESPN. Funny. More specifically, I believe Norby Williamson is the guy who is attempting to sabotage our program. I'm not 100% sure. That is just seemingly the only human that has information, and then somehow that information gets leaked, and it's wrong. And then it sets a narrative of what our show is. And then are we just going to combat that from a rat every single time? I don't know. 
But like somebody tried to get ahead of our actual ratings release with wrong numbers 12 hours beforehand. That's a sabotage attempt. And it's been happening basically this entire season from some people who didn't necessarily love the old edition of the Pat McAfee show to the ESPN family. Sure. There's a lot of those. We've heard them anonymously quoted in the Washington Post, mm -hmm. in the New York Post, right. in the New York Times, right. in the LA Times, right. in Wall Street Journal. Right. And they're never like, yeah, love the show. This is awesome. It's always like little things to try to tear us down. So even with the enemy within our own camp, somebody that we don't, I don't like that guy. I, that guy left me in his office for 45 minutes, no-showed me in 2018. So this guy has had zero respect for me. And in return, same thing back to him for a long time. So even with that taking place and potential PR, like there's, we're still growing somehow. Yep. So we're very thankful. Yeah. I think we're doing it right. We're trying to do it as right as possible. Mm -hmm. We have good intentions every single time we come in here. We don't always get it right, but motherfuckers been getting it wrong for a long time in this specific field. Long time. Every day, every single day. What do you mean? Like you said, you have the right intentions. Like we're trying to sit here and have fun and talk about sports. Bingo. And Connor and other stuff as well. Might pop. How about that? How about that? From Pat McAfee. Well done. I mean, strong. Well done. That's as good of a rant as I've heard and in a while. Uh, incredible. And I, I'll say this about Pat McAfee. <laughs> that, that's where the worm turns. Because that is just something that does not happen at most places where there is a rat that is in a position of authority above someone and someone has the balls yeah. and the status you know, and the money. And Pat McAfee has all of those things now. Balls. Now let's count them out. Balls, status, money. He's got all of it. And he can go after someone that of the list of sports executives, you know their name. Norby Williamson is on that short list. And he went right after that dude. And you want to talk about having a memory? 2018, I sat in his office for 45 minutes, and he no-showed me, and he has no respect for me. That was impressive. Uh, and that was an impressive takedown well, by him. And I've got to think now that unless ESPN's going to come back and clarify or apologize to him, that well, you're not going to have Pat McAfee on ESPN it's anymore. It's going to be hard to do because ESPN, at this, well, while this is all go down, ESPN's apologizing for Aaron Rodgers. And his oh, comments gosh. about Jimmy Kimmel uh, on the Pat McAfee show. The quote was, Aaron made a dumb and factually inaccurate joke about Jimmy Kimmel. Should never have happened. We all realized that in the moment. Uh, that from ESPN's Mike Foss. Uh, Outkiss Clay Travis joins us right now. Uh, Clay, uh, Pat McAfee just went on his show, Pat McAfee Live, and called one of the top bosses at ESPN a rat. How about this? Uh, it's been great uh, entertainment. Um, I would be not happy if I'm at ESPN and he put him in a really tough spot, right? Um, I can't even think of a precedent like this where somebody goes on ESPN or any television network, right? And just calls their boss a rat and says somebody's trying to sabotage the show live on, on the show. Um, I And so I think ESPN's in a really tough spot. They're going to have to do something. And right now, McAfee is scheduled to be on, I think, the part of the festivities surrounding the Washington and Michigan game on Monday. I don't know how that goes. 
Um, but this is, uh, this is a, this is a tough spot for ESPN. And I, I think, uh, coming on the heels, look, first of all, the Aaron Rodgers thing to me, nobody should be responsible for what a guest, no host should be responsible for what a guest says on his or her show. Just like a guest shouldn't be responsible for what someone says on, uh, uh, the host says, right. Yes. Everybody is responsible for their own comments. And so the idea that ESPN is apologizing for what a guest said on a show, yeah. I just don't think that pre- I think that precedent is wrong. Like Aaron Rodgers is responsible for everything he says. Pat McAfee isn't. ESPN isn't. I don't buy into the whole idea of, oh, you don't have the right to platform this person. Like, no, you, people should be able to say whatever they want. If you don't like what they say, you can react to it and disagree with it, or you can agree with it. And so I, I think that whole story is, uh, is to a large extent uh, of ESPN's own creation. Um, and obviously with Jimmy Kimmel being in-house, there's a, uh, an element I get of uh, allowing a guest to fire in-house. I can see why Jimmy Kimmel would not be happy with that. Like, I don't think back in the day, David Letterman would have been happy if somebody had taken a shot at him. Uh, on the CBS, you know, broadcast uh, network uh, when he was airing on there. But to me, this is a much bigger story. Like Pat McAfee calling out by name one of his bosses and calling him a rat is, I think, really entertaining yeah. uh, because I can only picture the ESPN PR team just running around <laughs> while like the, the whole place is on fire right now. And they thought they had just put the fire out because they think they're so smart in PR. They put that statement out about yeah. Aaron Rodgers on Friday afternoon. We've done it, like, guys. We've done it. it Our work is done. <laughs> yeah, this puts it to bed. Let's pour ourselves a drink, kick our feet up. Head to the playoffs. Uh, there's no PR fires here now. <laughs> and then the McAfee thing is like, to me, talking about his boss in-house on air, um, you know, like 10 times the story, if not 100 times the story. Uh, of the joke that Aaron Rodgers made. Well, Clay, consider this, just thinking about this. So what Pat McAfee is claiming, I mean, think about what has gone on behind the scenes that only McAfee's had the balls to stand up and say the way he did today. I mean, that's the other thing. If they're going to sabotage McAfee, who they brought on for exactly this, and because of ratings, and they're going to do that behind the scenes to get him out... It reminds me a bit of Barstool, but it's way bigger than that for that one show or one day. But, I mean, McAfee's doing this, and he's, he's calling your bluff. He's like, hey, you, you, uh, you're going to take uh, Rodgers off if you're going to remove me or you're going to sabotage me. I'll take the live stream back to YouTube where it right is. It streams live yeah, every day, so and, the, and screw you. The interesting, the interesting dynamic now is going to be how this plays out. Because to your point, ESPN could go to Pat McAfee and say, this guy can no longer be on your show. Um, and, uh, meaning Aaron Rodgers. And if I'm Pat McAfee, I say, no, um, I say, you don't have the ability to dictate who I can have as a guest on my shows. And I I would, I I would say that on my own shows, right? I've never, I've had lots of shows that say we can't put you on anymore. Right. Um, I have never in my life gone to a guest and said, oh, my bosses won't let me put you on as a guest anymore, so I'm going to have to stop allowing you to be a guest. I wouldn't do it. Um, and, uh, and, and I would imagine McAfee would say, hey, I control what goes on this show. You guys can't dictate to me who guests are. And I could see that blowing up in a big way. 
Uh, remember ESPN has invested a lot of money in him. Um, you know, they they believe that he is one of the future faces of the network and they're paying him as such. And so this creates a huge mess for them in terms of how they handle it. Cause it's, uh, again, to my knowledge, without precedent, I can't remember in the world of sports or media period. Can you guys remember? I mean, you can MSNBC, Fox news, CNN, CBS, NBC, ABC. I can't remember Fox, uh, you know, FS1, ESPN. I can't remember somebody going on air and by name calling one of their bosses a rat. Now, sometimes in radio, maybe Howard Stern did it back in the day. Um, You know, I'm not an expert on that. Yeah, his boss, he called him. Yeah, but sometimes there's almost a a wink and a nod associated with that where the the people acknowledge that they're now part of the character. but in general, that is not um, that is not well received. So I can only I, I just whenever stuff like this happens, I love thinking about what the reaction is behind the scenes. To just picturing everybody running down the hallways uh, as soon as this uh, started to go viral. And by the way, you can watch the clip. It's up at Outkick. I don't know if you guys have we played, played it. it. Yeah, we played it. Um, so you heard it on this show. It's up on Outkick. You can go read about it if you want to. Um, and with the fact that the biggest show of the year for ESPN is Monday, uh, literally the most watched broadcast they have every week is uh, is the national championship game on ESPN. Um, I would imagine that there is uh, there's a lot of panic given McAfee's association with that show. So, um, you know, get your popcorn, as I said when I tweeted out the video clip. Uh, this is a big deal. Clay, the story is so crazy that I, when we were discussing it, and I'm trying to process it. I, I even had to ask the question out loud. Are we in the middle of a work, given Pat McAfee's history with professional wrestling? <laughs> are we all being played uh, on this? Because it sounds like an Andy Kaufman bit that's taking place right now with him. I, I don't think we are. I think he's being honest. And I think Norby Williamson is probably really pissed right now about what is happening. Here's my question for you, Clay, because you're the perfect person to ask because – You've lived uh, in different lives as a media personality, as someone who's worked for big corporations, someone who sold their company to a big corporation, someone who independently made their own brand, also like, like a Pat McAfee. How is this viewed in the long run? We love this right now. I hear this, and I just applaud Pat McAfee. They, man, the ball's on this guy. This is incredible. But 10 years from now, is Pat McAfee going to be remembered as brazen hero? of the little guy or is Pat McAfee even three to five years from now going to be remembered as, Oh, he's the guy who went on a network and publicly scorched and went after his own boss. And every big media company is not going to employ him now because he made that move. How is this viewed? Well, so I, I would imagine there's a lot of apprehension in some big media companies. I mean, my thought is like, he'd be great at outkick, right? That's my reaction. Um, so, uh, you know, now outkick is a part of Fox, so I don't make that call, right? Fox would look at it and they'd be like, okay, does this make sense? Does not make sense? Like they do with all talent. Um, and there's people out there who work in media that would say, oh, we can, you know, get the best out of Pat McAfee without creating the worst. I don't think it's bad for him. Um, so that's the big media perspective, right? Uh, looking at it. Um, and there are some executives that would say, oh, my God, if he'd say that about Norby Williamson, what would he say about me? And there are people who would not want to take that risk. So I think it does take some brands off the table. Um, but I also think from his perspective, uh, it's probably good 
right? Because brand is all that matters. And his brand is, I'm going to tell you exactly what I think. It's not dissimilar to what I would say my brand is. I'm going to tell you exactly what I think. Um, and, uh, and so in terms of monetization, I don't know that it hurts him because we live in a new environment where, you know, he can get distributed on YouTube or he could get distributed on rumble or somebody at satellite radio could look at that and say, boy, we really need a younger voice on satellite radio. And there's another job for him. Um, I think it's different now, given the variety of platforms, than it would have been 10 or 15 years ago when, okay, if ESPN takes him off air, basically his career is over, right? Like, and I think it goes to talent itself as well. Um, you know, a lot of people who are not on ESPN, they kind of vanish. Um, and that's long been the idea. I don't think because Pat McAfee wasn't created inside of ESPN. I don't think, you know, when I started OutKick, for instance, um, I, you know, people said, oh, my God, why would you ever not be writing at CBS or not be writing at, you know, Deadspin, who had created a platform and all those things. And I was like, I think my audience is going to follow me. They did. I tend to think audiences follow talent now more than they follow networks. So I think it's probably not a super negative to Pat McAfee. Now, will somebody else pay him $18 million? I don't know about that. I don't know what his contract says. If ESPN decided we're firing you for cause, you can't do what you did. Um, I think that would turn into potentially a mess. Um, so that's the big picture analysis. I think ultimately all that matters is the work. If you can consistently put out entertaining work uh, and entertaining content, uh, as a media member, you'll always be employed. I think that's more true than ever, given the variety of platforms. But I think certainly there are some brands that would say to Disney, hey, this is what what did you expect to happen when you hired somebody like McAfee? Similar, you know, Bill Simmons had a bad exit from ESPN when they had the one day barstool story. Yeah. I don't think I would fit at ESPN because I don't think I would be dictated to. Uh, but, uh, but so I think he'll be okay, but I think this is probably a five alarm fire inside of ESPN right now. Let me pick up there briefly, Clay. So the, we had, uh, AJ Perez on from front office sports who said, Hey, it, maybe they pull Aaron Rodgers from the show or they'll, they'll go to alternative programming for that segment. And he, he was giving the, the theory yesterday that McAfee would just continue to air it live on YouTube. Also pair this, uh, uh, looking ahead. Stephen A. Smith wants to be the highest paid person at ESPN, right? You talked to him about this. Yep. Yeah, he told what, me that. Stephen A. Smith's also doing his show. He's got his podcast and his video platform that's separate. It's not like they're going to shut him up either. And if they try to, what's he going to do? He's not going to shut up. He's got a he's got the He's got ESPN by the balls, just like McAfee does. Yeah, well, ESPN Stephen A. Smith is probably the most uh, integral talent to ESPN yeah. right now. Because I think if you take Stephen A. Smith off first take, I think that show would fall apart very quickly without him as the yeah. head, right? No doubt. Um, and so uh, I think ESPN is going to have to pay him whatever he wants uh, because I don't think it's easily replaceable. I mean, that's to me, the, the, the wins over replacement is to, can be applied to all talent in all fields, right? Uh, how many more cars does the best car salesman sell than the worst or the average? Um, I think Stephen A. Smith produces way more eyeballs than uh, than than uh, than than anybody else who could replace him would uh, in the short term, for sure. Maybe in the long term as well. 
And the, the big issue to me with McAfee that's interesting and hasn't been talked about a lot is it's a default acknowledgement that ESPN can't build its own stars anymore. McAfee did not become famous because of ESPN at all. ESPN went and got him from the digital universe where he had created his own star. Uh, it felt desperate to me to need to do that for ESPN in the first place because it said, hey, we don't have a lot of talent on our bench. And so we're going to have to go outside. And I, I think this is uh, an indictment of ESPN uh, that they had to do this in the first place. And I think it shows that McAfee is in uh, a, a decent position where he'll walk if he needs to. I can't wait to see how this all uh, spins from here. And then just naming Norby Williamson, right, as part of this uh, specifically. Name, I mean, going after bosses in general would have been aggressive to call some of them rats. But to specifically yeah. name, I think he's the third highest ranked person in all of ESPN and say he's a rat trying to sabotage the show. Uh, I don't know how, you know, the, how you come back from this. Well, and if I mean, I know. If it becomes a unless he, hey, maybe he is a rat trying to sabotage the show. The ultimate power move would be if they fired him and kept him. Pat McAfee. Yeah, well, that's the, that's what I was about to ask. Who's more important to ESPN, Pat McAfee or Norby Williamson? If the the higher ups at how, Disney have to make a decision, my, you're asking a talent who's more important, talent or management. My answer is uh, always yeah. going to be talent, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I, every, I agree with you. And every member of management is going to come out and say, oh, we're more important, right? <laughs> Everybody thinks that whatever their job is, like Bill Belichick thinks he's more important than Tom Brady. I think I don't think there's any doubt. And then I think Robert Kraft thinks he's the owner of the Patriots, thinks he's more important than Bill Belichick and Tom Brady because he's the owner, right? Whatever position you're in, you're going to think that you're more important. But if, if I had to choose, um, I, I would say McAfee. The problem is then you set the precedent of, any talent that wants to go on air and attack a manager gets the manager fired and you side with talent. Well, if I'm Stephen A. Smith and somebody starts to bow up to me, why don't I just go on first take and say, this show's great, but it'd be way better if X got fired from ESPN. He's a rat and I hate him. You know, like, well, well, what, well, that's heck with the precedent that you do it, then you do it. I mean, Clay, you know, what you know about Disney, not what, what you do, what you know about Disney other than you know drafting an, or, or casting an Asian woman as Pat McAfee in the Disney movie about his life, what decision? <laughs> what, really funny. What, what decision do you think they'll make? Who will they side with? Norby Williamson, who everyone in the building has known for years and has some clout there, or this new renegade that just came on to ESPN that well, clearly so has a name and some talent. It's a good question, and also it's not about what you do just in this scenario. It's set the precedent that you're setting going forward, which is why I said if you set the precedent of if you call somebody a rat in management, they get fired. I don't think you can set that precedent because this is not the way, even if Pat McAfee and Norby Williamson hate each other, you don't want this to be the way that this gets resolved, right, in a public nasty dispute uh, that forces the company's hand. Um, I think this is going to get tied in with Aaron Rodgers. Because I think this is probably where this tension is really coming from to a certain extent. And so I would expect that there will be some sort of, I think they'll suspend Pat McAfee for like two weeks. I don't think they'll have him on Monday show. I think they'll say what he said about management's unacceptable. It's not true. I think they'll suspend him for like two weeks. That takes Aaron Rodgers off the show for two weeks as well, right? Because Pat McAfee's not there. Nobody else is going to talk to him. But I think the lingering issue that's going to come forward is I think that management's going to probably try to take more control of McAfee's show. Um, and to me, what McAfee did that overplayed his hand is 
they didn't try to take Aaron Rodgers off yet, at least not publicly. Because I think if they did, and McAfee went public on his show and said, hey, we got major issues. I'm going to be honest with you guys. They're telling me I can't have Aaron Rodgers on the show because of what he says on the show. Uh, I disagree with that. They told me they would never do this when I came. They need to cut me a check. I'm done here. If I can't do the show that I want to do, I'm going to leave. Um, and that really puts ESPN in a tough spot because then – they're directly infringing on his ability to do the show that, that he signed up to do, right? Aaron Rodgers guest on a show. ESPN knew what they were buying. Um, but here, where you come out and do it this way, now I could see ESPN feeling like they have a way to get out of this deal because I'm sure it violates his contract, uh, the, the, the morals clause in some way, to go out and rip and say that his boss is a rat um, and by name. Well, sabotage so would also I, I be to do ESPN, that, though. You know, if you sabotage I, it. I, I, think I think he'd rather be fired for cause than be told what to say on his show. I, I, I really do. Oh, I, I think, it again, it comes back to it benefits him. And then, by the way, I don't even know if ESPN suspends him for two weeks. The real interesting question is, why couldn't he do his show on YouTube? Well, he, uh, I'm reading through this. His nose at yeah, I mean, that uh, he still has his he show can, on he YouTube. He can still it's do the YouTube the up, show. He's not on ESPN. When they announced the, that, he, that he had signed with well, ESPN. Yeah, that's the benefit of having, you know, the ability to do multiple shows, right? And right. that's why Stephen A. is building out his own studio at home, and that's why all these guys want to have, and I get it, I'm talent, I want to have the ability to flip a switch and be able to go live whenever I want. I've been doing it for a long time at OutKick. Uh, and the reason I found it OutKick was so nobody could ever tell me what I could or couldn't say. Um, and so I, I think that is, um, I, I think that's got to be a big part of McAfee's thinking. But my question is just, you, you guys do live radio. Sometimes live radio is very thought out and you're like, Hey, next segment, we're going to talk about this. And then stories happen and you change and you evolve, right. uh, which is different than, uh, than, than other mediums. Sometimes my question is, was this a planned segment for McAfee? Did he know, Hey, I'm going to call Nor uh, Norby Williamson a rat or was just, just an off the cuff kind of rant that he got into uh, that played out differently than he thought. In other words, how calculated was this choice by McAfee and how much of it was live radio? I don't have a filter. I'm going to say exactly what I want to say. Um, you know, I've done live radio for 15 years now or whatever it is. Sometimes you're like, hey, I'm going to sit down here and talk about this segment. And then you go in different directions. I just wonder how calculated this was because it's so specific and so direct it feels to me like it was planned more than it was just an off-the-cuff thing. Like the Aaron Rodgers joke about Jimmy Kimmel, I don't think Aaron Rodgers planned that. I just think he's kind of a witty guy, and he's good on radio in terms of being entertaining, and I think he just threw that out based on the direction that the conversation was going, whereas this to me feels like much more of a planned element. And I don't know. I mean, I would think at some point Pat McAfee's going to have to say something on Twitter. And – apologizing would be very anti-brand because it does like when you call someone a rat to later come back and be like, Hey, when I call them a rat, I actually meant that I really enjoy working with him and he's a fabulous guy. Like that's a tough transition, right? Like you can't claim that you misspoke when you call him a rat. I think he's getting fired for cause before he apologizes. I, I, I really do. I don't, I don't think that's who he is. And he just got done the yeah. day before explaining the Aaron Rodgers deal as, we don't come in here with a rundown. We don't really have a plan of action. We're just dudes talking about sports, and we like to mix it up. And that's what Aaron Rodgers was doing. Yeah. So I think this just happened. 
on the show, and he just said exactly what he felt. I, I Crazy, crazy story, Clay. No, no doubt about it. By the way, Michael McCarthy reporting that uh, ESPN, he reached out for comment, and ESPN got back and said they are not commenting at this moment. Going back to your point, Clay, about that PR team at ESPN really having their work cut out for them this afternoon. No, it's five alarm fire. Uh, and honestly, this is something that I would expect would go all the way up to Bob Iger. Um, the CEO of Disney, like that's why they're not commenting. I don't know where Bob Iger is. He may be on a, you know, vacation trip to Australia, like I was, you know, during the holidays for all, for all we know. But yeah, but I guarantee you that this, whatever choice they make on the McAfee thing will run through Jimmy Pitaro who runs Disney, uh, sorry, ESPN all the way up to Bob Iger who runs Disney. Like, I don't think this is going to be, uh, something that they don't weigh in on. He's got, uh, Jimmy Pitaro and Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, pissed off uh, calling him right now. All to get, the Jimmy. Jimmy Fallon is next. What do we do? Jimmy Fallon Clay, better look yeah. out. Clay, it's great to, great to have you back, man. Good to hear from you, and uh, glad uh, everything looked great in Australia. Can't wait to catch up yeah, on that. Good, good to have you back in the States. Yeah, for sure. You guys have fun with this story yeah. on a Friday. I'll talk to you. Yeah, man. There's Clay Travis. Uh, the, the other thing, Chad, consider that if they have him or they ask him to apologize, right? They can't make it. He'll just double down the next day. Just like he did. It, I mean, he's probably going to say, well, prove to me where I'm wrong This does not about end. this. He knows about being frozen out for 45 minutes in 2018. Yep. He, I'm sure he knows a lot of things that are going on. He knows what's happening, and he said it. I, he's not – the most shocking conclusion to this, to me, would be Pat McAfee returning to ESPN Monday, apologizing to Norby Williamson and moving on and allowing ESPN – to control his content in some way. He would just as likely go back to YouTube, do his own thing again, get sponsors, have all the street cred in the world that he would have at that point and not mess with ESPN anymore. So I really think this is going to come down to a decision between Disney deciding if they want to continue with Pat McAfee as is, him doing his show, using his talent, or Norby Williamson being employed at ESPN. Well, I think the, the line is drawn in the sand. Is what was going on and what is McAfee, what did he not say of how he has figured this out, right? I mean, he goes into detail, but first you you got to figure out if the guy's right. Because yeah. Norby Williamson, well, he's what, third on the hierarchy? There were, I mean, if you go through and read the, we read the quote from Jimmy Pitaro when they hired him. Uh, this is what uh, Jimmy Pitaro said. Pat is a proven talent. He and his team have built the Pat McAfee show into one of the most engaging programs in sports and all of media. This is from ESPN chairman Jimmy Pitaro. It is a destination for athlete interviews and breaking news and the centerpiece of a growing community of sports fans. We're honored to bring Pat and the show to ESPN through a multifaceted, multi-platform approach. Um, they brought him in to do the opposite of what they've yeah, been doing. Yeah, to be, to be so Pat McAfee. Why they're not, they're not cultivating their own talent, at least they acknowledged that and went and got Pat McAfee because what they were doing was failing and I don't know how you respond to this if you're ESPN without failing you're either losing McAfee which is something that you're doing an about face with to then back Norby Williamson who allegedly is tanking the show that you brought in to turn things around for you um, or you keep him there and he's going to continue to do this and give it think about the 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 stage it could give for others on the platform. 
if McAfee's doing it. Stephen A. Smith certainly would. But yeah. it, again, it, it, it leads to something else where, you know, you're, you're going to keep McAfee on. Well, oh, he's just, oh, you're going to take Rodgers off, so you're going to go to something else for 15, 20 minutes and then come back to it. But he's live on YouTube. I mean, there's a reason why we, anytime we play a clip from Stephen A. Smith, it's from his YouTube show. It's not from First Take. Because with his contract up, he's building his own platform there too. He's promoting that, which is brilliant. But everything you play is from his show on YouTube, his clips. It's not from no, first not the ESPN uh, part of it. Uh, no, or Norby Williamson, by the way, nearly four decades at ESPN. I'm on his bio right now on the site. He is executive editor and head of event and studio production. Current role is executive editor and head of event. Uh, he oversees all of ESPN's football content, including NFL, college football, XFL, now UFL, and SEC Network. And he continues oversight of production of sports, including baseball, NHL, UFC, boxing, tennis, and golf. Um, sports Center he oversees. Uh, we'll get into this, Hutton, but what is Norby Williamson's problem with Pat McAfee other than he doesn't have control of Pat McAfee? That has to be it. That McAfee has his own production team that he brought over. He does yeah. his own thing out of his studio in Indianapolis. He does it all on his own. And does that just piss off Norby Williamson to the point that he wants to sabotage the guy and get him out? Which I just don't, I don't understand any concept of self over brand or self over team. Because what's good for ESPN is Pat McAfee succeeding. Pat no McAfee doubt. gives a company that was known for a lot of bad things for a while, some street cred with a fresh-faced, fresh-brained, scorched-earth-type dude in there. It only helps ESPN if Pat McAfee succeeds. I, I don't get – it's just got to be – again, we don't know what he's done. We just know McAfee's allegation about him. But if he doesn't like McAfee and doesn't want him there, what other reason could that be other than he doesn't control McAfee and he hates that? It's a, again, it doesn't make sense. But after he does the apology, non-apology, whatever, but he says, Rodgers is going to come on next week and say this. He's speaking for Aaron Rodgers without doing that. He's, he, Rodgers will do it next week. McAfee's doing it now. Right after he does that, Chad, the New York Post article comes out where it says this. Since the inception of McAfee's show on ESPN in the fall, Stephen A. Smith and First Take are handing McAfee a 583,000 viewer lead-in McAfee's maintaining just 302,000, which is a 48% drop. As compared to the same window last year, which featured SportsCenter, McAfee's down 12%. On FS1, Colin Coward's show has nearly beaten McAfee on some days and saw 19% growth from last year to average 156,000 viewers. Now ESPN counters these numbers by noting McAfee's direct-to-consumer and social following, but it's a point to be taken in our new media world. So that, this is what he's referencing, these yeah. numbers. More reaction to this. Uh, at, Streaming live, outkick.com. Go to outkick.com slash watch. Bookmark that. We're live each, each day. Reacting as news happens live. And, yeah, hitting the top sports this stories. This is a great example of reacting to live news and, on this show today. But also, Chad, this is a great example of just standing up for what you stand for. Yeah. I, I don't hate it. I do not hate no. it from Pat McAfee and... All signs point to him maybe being right about Norby Williamson if, in fact, he's the one person with the info that continues to get leaked over and over again. More coming on Hot Mike with Hunter Withrow. <laughs>